The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategy strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arab Halabi. Welcome to the Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is your place for news, talk, and information. AM 870, The Answer. Always uh, enjoy talking about your family's finances, really putting you in a position to where uh, ultimately over time you've made a decision to either get out of debt, manage money, better plan for your future, even put yourself in a position to where you're not worrying about, well, what's more important, uh, feeding yourself or putting gas in the car or uh, cooking over wood chips in the backyard since they're going to take away gas stoves. Do do you understand how how irrational this is? Do, Do you realize when you look in the mirror and you say, oh, I think what we need to do is have more ways for people to not be able to cook dinner. I think we need to be able to have more ways for people not to be able to provide for their family, heat their homes, in some cases, drive their vehicles. I mean, you realize that many, many school uh, buses as well as uh, municipality buses, right, city buses, they use natural gas. Look at the signs. Powered by clean natural gas. I see them everywhere. There's, there's stations, a few of them in L.A. County. I don't know how many. I've seen one or two in northern Los Angeles County. I see them. But they're, look, they're not there. As, as if they're on every gas station. So here's what I've kind of figured out. When the left has launched this idea of uh, banning natural gas stoves, right? I started thinking to myself, there are people out there in the left, now, now smaller amounts, of course, than exist in doing other, uh, many of these other crazy ideas. How do I know that? Well, because they changed your mind. Right When you don't have of the 50% of the crazies in America that vote for the Democrats, and I say they're crazies because they know, you know you're not getting somebody who has liberal values. You're getting somebody who has far left progressive values, but you hate the Republicans so much, you have to vote against them, not for the crazies. Because if, if I put you in a room and then said, okay, how many of you think we should not allow people to, to state their mind. It doesn't hurt anybody, but not allow people to state their mind. Ready? Raise your hands. You know, the college students, they're going to say, oh, it hurt my feelings. Oh, the, the crazy left, uh, you know, Birkenstock slash Prius warrant. You know, okay, those people. But the common everyday Democrat who doesn't really know why they're a Democrat, they're going to say, no, I, I think you should just let people alone. Oh, yeah, I think you should just, you know, let people be, right? The people be people. Those folks still exist. But here's the problem. You don't speak their language. 
So maybe you're fortunate, uh, blessed maybe, like me, to, to have traveled a little bit. My dad worked for the airlines. If you know anything about that world, you get to fly at a discount or even for free. So that was fun. So I always say we didn't have a lot of money to do a lot of things. But, man, we would fly to Hawaii for the weekend. Why? Because when you're in Los Angeles, it's a pretty close trip. And when you can fly for free and you have six people in your family, oh, that's a pretty good day. We would take bologna sandwiches with us. Right? I remember bologna sandwiches. We'd, we would take uh, mustard we would take tomatoes wrapped in sometimes into our shoes with plastic bags. We'd shove them in our shoes so they wouldn't get squished on the plane. But my dad knew where to buy and my mom knew where to buy at this a local Safeway in Waikiki Beach. Milk and bread. And it was expensive there. But But that's what they did. They imported it to the island. We bought it when we were there. We'd be on the beach in Waikiki having bologna sandwiches. And we thought we arrived. It was amazing. What a wonderful childhood. What did you do this weekend? Oh, I went to Waikiki Beach. (laughs) What about you? Oh, nothing. Dodge bullets in the San Fernando Valley. But if you've traveled to other countries, I think you will get the fact that it is much easier to speak the language there. Stay with me. You'll you'll see where I'm going with this. If you've traveled deep in the heart of Mexico where there's nobody speaking English, uh, if you travel deep in the heart of uh, China, you know, away from the big cities of Greece, you're going to find that if you speak the local language, it's better. But what happens when you don't speak the language? What happens when somebody comes here? Maybe that's your only exposure to a foreign language. Ready? You talk like this. Can, can you hi, can you help me with this? I'm sorry, I don't I don't understand. Can you help me? Right? You do that. You speak loud. You speak slow. You enunciate as if they go. Oh, now I can hear you. I speak Chinese. Now I understand you in English because you spoke slowly and clearly. Right? Nobody says, "Oh, German, I get it." Now it sounds clearer. Well, that is exactly what happens when a thinking conservative tries to speak to a liberal Democrat. What do you do? No, no, no. You see, illegal immigration is wrong. Why? Because by breaking the law, you create this underclass of people who are exploited by the bad guys in our own country. That means they don't get a job where they're paid what they're worth. So they work for less money, which brings down the wages of the lower skilled, lower income people. And when you exploit people, you turn them into prostitutes and child slave labor. So you don't want illegal immigration here because what happens is you this underclass of people forever are abused and discarded and afraid to call the police. And their abusers know it. And they're taken advantage and they're worked by the far left big business Democrats in this ever end, never-ending sweatshop of whatever the labor market entails at the time. Now, you see what I did is I used reason, I used logic, and I used what I thought was a fairly clear argument. Any normal person that didn't agree with me would point out where that logic, oh no, Arif, over here that's not the case. Oh, but over here you're right, but over here you're not. But you see... Speaking Chinese to a German person in Munich 
tell me if they spoke clearly and slowly and enunciated every single Chinese word in the middle of downtown Munich, do you think that German citizen is still going to understand? Oh, heck no. (laughs) Right? I mean, like, oh, heck no. Just because the FCC says there's some words I can't say. (laughs) It's ridiculous. There's no reason in the world they're going to be able to pay attention. So you can't negotiate. You can't explain. You can't um, guide the left into doing or, or changing their mind. And the reason you can't is because they don't speak your language. That is a very difficult thing to explain to you. Because then the second thing that you would say is, well... What do we do next? Okay. That's a logical question. I'm, I'm trying to not let them... Listen, I don't want our government to keep spending money we do not have because we go into debt. So when the state of California spends money we don't have, we can't print our own money like the federal government can print its own money. So the state government has to borrow it at pretty high interest rates because it isn't a very good credit risk anymore. Not the same. And as a credit risk, well, people are not happy to give you money just because you exist, because you're cute and you're lovely and you're, you're sweet and you have the, you, you know, those, those mountains over there. And, oh, beach. Oh, nice beach, beach, beach. No, nobody cares. What does Wall Street care about? What do the international bankers care about? Hey, if I give you money, are you going to give it back with the interest? And the more likely that answer is to lead down the word of maybe not or no or could be, then they raise the interest rates because they're afraid, right? You scare them that you may not pay back the money that you are borrowing. So when we say that to the far left, when you say that to the politicians, hey, stop borrowing money we don't have. Stop these programs because they hurt children. Because when you encourage a woman, financially speaking, and health benefits and SNAP and CHIP and SNF and whatever else they're paying these days, whatever acronyms they agree with, right? Head Start and everything else. We will raise your kids for you. Drag queens. Story Hour, coming up next. When you do that, guess what you get? You get people saying, oh, wait a second. Are you telling me if I have more children, you're going to pay me more money? Yep. You've heard these stories, right, of foster parents that are manipulating the system, foster parents that abuse the kids. They never really raise or take care of the children properly. Foster parents that are horrible human beings. You've heard those stories. Hear those stories. Think about the 1,000 foster parents who are decent, honorable, sacrificial people. Well, both of them are paid. Both of them are paid. How do you decide who's who's supposed to get paid more? How, How do you decide who's the decent one? I don't know the answer to that. It's, I don't understand the system. But I do know that of all the real bad guys out there that stand out and make big, bad decisions and hurt children, there's hundreds, if not thousands, for every one of them that are decent people, just like in law enforcement. 
Right. Uh, listen, people say, oh, I can imagine a lot of things. In my 10-year, 7-month, and 3-day career, I never, ever saw a handcuffed prisoners uh, get hit or, or punched or, or anything like that. Never. I've seen him wrestle to the ground when they tried to run or kick. I've seen him, you know, tackled, those kinds of things. But, but punched or, or kicked or abused while their hands, no, never, never saw it. Does it? Does that mean it never happens? Well, no, I'm, I'm sure it happens somewhere. I've never seen a policeman steal anything, anytime. Lots of money there, drug money, all that, never. I've never seen a, a policeman, you know, what we say, pinch dope or steal a little bit of dope, drugs, cocaine, never seen it. Does it mean it never happens somewhere in the United States? Of course it could happen. But my point is, you go you don't tarnish all law enforcement. You don't tarnish all foster parents. So if that same argument applies, how do you not tarnish the clowns that vote only Democrat because they hate Republicans? How do you not tarnish them? It's not rhetorical. You have, a, you have the answer. Send me an email, arif at tfswealth.com. That's arif, A-R-I-F, at tfswealth.com. Why do I want to hear from you? Because of this reason. Because it is a time of hope in many areas in life. Now, if you don't have hope in your faith, uh, I, then I pray you have hope somewhere. Right, having just because your faith and my faith are are just as deep, it isn't the depth of our faith; it's the place in which we have our faith. In whom do we have our faith? So, you tell me how we are going to fix this mess, because I have realized it cannot, it will not, there is no way. To clean it up, to fix it, by speaking loud and slow German to a Chinese person, or Portuguese to a, uh, oh, I don't know, an Indian person, right? You can't do it. It's two different languages. You can be clear, you can be loud. I love it when you enunciate, right? Have you ever seen that? I'm sorry, I don't speak English. Okay, then I will speak loud and slow. That is what happens when you try to explain to a Democrat why it makes sense that you don't have to like the President of the United States, but he can still do amazing things for the country, and Middle East peace is important, or going over and confronting Kim Jong-un, whatever his name is. But you go there and you confront him. Why? Because you understand when you stand next to him, he's a short, chubby guy. And the President of the United States looks young and vibrant and tall. The psychological impact across the Asian communities is something that is understood. Now, what does the left say? Well, Trump doesn't even understand how to spell Asian. <laughs> okay, I get it. You don't like him. Move on to logic now. President Trump was very clear. He hired the people that he thought were smart. And if you didn't do your job, or if you disappointed him in your your performance, he fired you. You see, the left was very much about, oh, look at he went through 16 people. Here's a list, and they do some drama picture on the wall. 
you know, here's a, it looks like a high school yearbook, all these pictures and what they did and their jobs and how professional they looked. And, oh, and he fired all these people. If you don't do your job, you are fired. Do you think President Biden fires people when they don't do their job? Mayorkas? Border? Kamala Harris? Do you think he has not sent Kamala Harris, oh, or should have sent her packing? Like, love you, but time for you to go. You need to step down or we are going to start something very ugly that doesn't end well. Right? Just like President Biden. You, you understand when... <laughs> When all of a sudden this classi- uh, this uh, classified material popped up, who is it that's circling the wagons? Who is it that's going after President Biden the most? Well, you certainly get the few, you know, the conservative uh, predictables. Uh, yeah, you get those. You know, the Sean Hannity's and you, you get those. I get it. But what's pretty amazing is you start to see the Democrats come out for him, going after him. I, I think it's hilarious. Because when you see this happen, you understand they're not doing it because they think the uh, United States is in bad, in bad shape with the Biden presidency. You see them encouraging it for their own personal political gain. So what does that have to do with you paying $12 for a dozen eggs? You see, they don't care about you. So if you try to sit down and do the explanation, you speak loud and slow, you speak Chinese to a Portuguese, and you're trying very clearly to explain to a politician, whatever, career politician, and you, you make it clear to them, do you understand this, this bill where you're going to pay $4 million to the University of whatever to watch a shrimp on a treadmill, true story, or you're going to pay millions of dollars to watch the mating habits of caterpillars, true story, or millions and millions of dollars to damage and hurt dogs and cats in some obscene medical experiment so that Anthony Fauci and his crew can participate through the NIH and other institutes and other labs. You know, you, you can't make this up. I'd say there is a few heroes that speak the language that get it, that want that get in and mix it up politically speaking. I'll tell you, over the last couple of years, Ron Paul has kind of stood out as a hero to me. Everything he says and does, of course not. Well, Eric, did you hear what he said in the summer of 1994? Uh, the way he, did you see, hear what he My job, judge your actions. My job is to make sure that what you do to people does not hurt people, financially speaking. I, I don't like that. And when, Ron, uh, when uh, Rand Paul stood up in front of Fauci, you saw how he kept asking those questions. This was you know months ago, right? Asking those questions, asking those questions. You ask yourself this. He must know something. And anybody... Any detective, any police officer, after six months on the job, any investigator, federal, state, local, it doesn't matter, would have sat there, prosecuting attorney, defense attorney, divorce lawyer, car accident lawyer, it doesn't matter. You would have sat there, watched Rand Paul, 
question Fauci and go, huh, I actually think he knows something. Because he asks a question, then he backs up and he asks it a different way. Then he backs up and he goes down this road. And then he goes down this road a little bit longer. Then he backs up and backs up and goes down this road. You see, when somebody asks asks questions that way, do you realize that when they do that, they know something they're not telling you? They know something more to the story. And they're trying to get you on the record of saying, well, I'll tell you what. If you are that sneaky, that bad, we're going to let you, as they say, we're going to get enough rope to hang yourself. That's a big deal because you and your family have to sit around and say, who am I going to believe? Because I don't always understand everybody, right? I can talk in big, bad financial language. That's what I do. It's what my expertise is in, but I'm not going to do that because I want more than five other financial people to listen to the show. Right? There's always financial people listening. That's what I did when I was a new person, learning, listen to other shows, figuring out what's going on. I can communicate to them in shorthand and jargon. But who communicates to you? I bring this up because I think you're running into a problem. We are running into a problem. How do you keep having a problem with energy prices eating up retirees' spending money? Right now, retirees have record number of credit card debt that they never had before. Do you realize that? Never before. Now they have this record number of credit card debt, and they're trying to ask themselves, what am I going to do to get out of it? It's already been years. I can't go back to my job. They don't know me. They don't like me. Right? I mean, I don't have a boss that's my friend anymore. The whole system has changed, right? How many times have you gone back to work to go visit your friends? Oh, wait, you've changed computer systems? Oh, yes, I have. Oh, interesting. So do you know today that computer system is no longer the the same one that you used 14 years ago or six years ago? Why do you think seniors of great historic accomplishments work at low-skilled and certainly low training? I don't know the right word low pay for sure, jobs, right? Fast food, department store, right? Not because they're bad, but it's simple. It's because they didn't keep up with the skills. And so when times came, you know, came tough, well, they got to work. Heaven forbid they try to protect and care for their family, right? People... People are are embarrassed. So they don't tell others that that's what they're doing for a living. Or they come into my office and I say, so what do you do? Well, I'm a retired engineer. Oh, that's great. And then I start asking about your income and what do you do? And come to find out you work part-time over there at the the yarn store, part-time over there at the hobby store. And I think, oh, that's wonderful because you have purpose. You're getting up in the morning. You're doing things. I like that. But what I don't like is that you're ashamed or embarrassed to say that you're actually working for your money, right? Go back to the illegal immigrants that are here. You you realize they should not be working, not because they're bad or evil people, but the United States is not in a position to welcome that many financial migrants. You see, they are not the same that came when the, when the turn of the last century 
right? The turn of the last century came along, and what did you get? You had a lot of skilled workers, blacksmiths, jewelry makers. You had a lot of uh, tailors, carpenters. In fact, they would come over, but with no clothes, only their tools, because they were allowed one bag on the ship, and they brought their tools. That is not the same people that come today with zero skills, except using their hands to pick fruit and vegetables. Not my words, the words of the migrants. That's why they're here, to pick our... Um, Come on, really? They're better than that. Stay with me as we continue with your place for news, talk, and information. This is the Total Financial Hour, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Stay with me. We'll be right back. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby. Welcome to the Total Financial Hour. I'm Arif Halaby. This is your place for news, talk, and information. AM870, The Answer. Always uh, enjoy talking about your family's finances, really putting you in a position to where uh, ultimately, over time, you've made a decision to either get out of debt, manage money, better plan for your future, even put yourself in a position to where you're not worrying about, well, what's more important, uh, feeding yourself or putting gas in the car or uh, cooking over wood chips in the backyard since they're going to take away gas stoves. Do, do you understand how, how irrational this is? Do do you realize when you look in the mirror and you say, oh, I think what we need to do is have more ways for people to not be able to cook dinner. I think we need to be able to have more ways for people not to be able to provide for their family, heat their homes, in some cases drive their vehicles. You realize that many, many school uh, buses as well as uh, municipality buses, right, city buses, they use natural gas. Look at the signs. Powered by clean natural gas. I see them everywhere. There's there's stations, a few of them in L.A. County. I don't know how many. I've seen one or two in northern Los Angeles County. I see them. But they're, look, they're not there as, as if they're on every gas station. So here's what I've kind of figured out. When the left has launched this idea of uh, banning natural gas stoves, right? I started thinking to myself... There are people out there in the left, now, now smaller amounts, of course, than exist in doing other, uh, many of these other crazy ideas. How do I know that? Well, because they change their mind, right? When you don't have of the 50% of the crazies in America that vote for the Democrats, and I say they're crazies because they know, you know you're not getting somebody who has liberal values. You're getting somebody who has far left progressive values but you hate the republicans so much you have to vote against them not for the crazies because if if i put you in a room and then said okay how many of you think we should not allow people to to state their mind it doesn't hurt anybody but not allow people to state their mind ready raise your hands 
you know, the college students, they're going to say, oh, it hurt my feelings. Oh, the, the crazy left, uh, you know, Birkenstock slash Prius weren't. You know, okay, those people. But the common everyday Democrat who doesn't really know why they're a Democrat, they're going to say, no, I, I think you should just let people alone. Oh, and yeah, I think you should just, you know, let people be, right? The people be people. Those folks still exist. But here's the problem. You don't speak their language. So maybe you're fortunate, uh, blessed maybe, like me, to, to have traveled a little bit. My dad worked for the airlines. If you know anything about that world, you get to fly at a discount or even for free. So that was fun. So I always say we didn't have a lot of money to do a lot of things. But, man, we would fly to Hawaii for the weekend. Why? Because when you're in Los Angeles, it's a pretty close trip. And when you can fly for free and you have six people in your family, oh, that's a pretty good day. We would take bologna sandwiches with us. Right? I remember bologna sandwiches. We'd, we would take uh, mustard. <laughs> we would take tomatoes wrapped in sometimes into our shoes with plastic bags. We'd shove them in our shoes so they wouldn't get squished on the plane. But my dad knew where to buy and my mom knew where to buy at this a local Safeway in Waikiki Beach. Milk and bread. And it was expensive there. But, but that's what they did. They imported it to the island. We bought it when we were there. We'd be on the beach in Waikiki having bologna sandwiches. And we thought we arrived. It was amazing. What a wonderful childhood. What did you do this weekend? Oh, I went to Waikiki Beach. <laughs> what about you? Oh, nothing. Dodge bullets in the San Fernando Valley. But if you've traveled to other countries, I think you will get the fact that it is much easier to speak the language there. Stay with me. You're, you'll, you'll see what I'm, where I'm going with this. If you've traveled deep in the heart of Mexico where there's nobody speaking English, uh, if you travel deep in the heart of uh, China, you know, away from the big cities of Greece, you, you're going to find that if you speak the local language, it's better. But what happens when you don't speak the language? What happens when somebody comes here? Maybe that's your only exposure to a foreign language. Ready? You talk like this. Can, can you hi, can you help me with this? I'm sorry, I don't I don't understand. Can you help me? Right? You do that. You speak loud. You speak slow. You enunciate as if they go, "Oh, now I can hear you." I speak Chinese. Now I understand you in English because you spoke slowly and clearly. Right? Nobody says, oh, German, I get it. Now it sounds clearer. Well, that is exactly what happens when a thinking conservative tries to speak to a liberal Democrat. What do you do? No, no, no. You see, illegal immigration is wrong. Why? Because by breaking the law, you create this underclass of people who are exploited by the bad guys in our own country. That means they don't get a job where they're paid what they're worth. So they work for less money, which brings down the wages of the lower skilled, lower income people. And when you exploit people, you turn them into prostitutes and child slave labor. So you don't want illegal immigration here because what happens is you this underclass of people forever are abused and discarded and afraid to call the police. And their abusers know it. 
and they're taken advantage and they're worked by the far left big business Democrats in this ever end, never ending sweatshop of whatever the labor market entails at the time. Now, you see what I did is I used reason, I used logic, and I used what I thought was a fairly clear argument. Any normal person that didn't agree with me would point out where that logic, oh no, Arif, over here that's not the case. Oh, but over here you're right, but over here you're not. But you see, speaking Chinese to a German person in Munich, tell me if they spoke clearly and slowly and enunciated every single Chinese word in the middle of downtown Munich, do you think that German citizen is still going to understand? Oh, heck no. (laughs) Right? I mean, like, oh, heck no. Just because the FCC says there's some words I can't say. (laughs) It's ridiculous. There's no reason in the world they're going to be able to pay attention. So you can't negotiate. You can't explain. You can't... um, guide the left into doing or or changing their mind. And the reason you can't is because they don't speak your language. That is a very difficult thing to explain to you. Because then the second thing that you would say is, well, what do we do next? Okay. That's a logical question. I'm I'm trying to not let them... Listen, I don't want our government to keep spending money we do not have because we go into debt. So when the state of California spends money we don't have, we can't print our own money like the federal government can print its own money. So the state government has to borrow it at pretty high interest rates because it isn't a very good credit risk anymore. Not the same. And as a credit risk, well... People are not happy to give you money just because you exist, because you're cute and you're lovely and you're, you're sweet and you have the, you, you know, those, those mountains over there. And, oh, beach, oh, nice beach, beach, beach. No, nobody cares. What does Wall Street care about? What do the international bankers care about? Hey, if I give you money, are you going to give it back with the interest? And the more likely that answer is to lead down the word of maybe not or no or could be, Then they raise the interest rates because they're afraid, right? You scare them that you may not pay back the money that you are borrowing. So when we say that to the far left, when you say that to the politicians, hey, stop borrowing money we don't have. Stop these programs because they hurt children. Because when you encourage a woman, financially speaking, and health benefits and SNAP and CHIP and SNF and whatever else they're paying these days, whatever acronyms they agree with, right? Head Start and everything else. We will raise the, your kids for you. Drag Queen Story Hour coming up next. When you do that, guess what you get? You get people saying, oh, wait a second. Are you telling me if I have more children, you're going to pay me more money? Yep. You, you've heard these stories, right, of foster parents that are manipulating the system, foster parents that abuse the kids. They never really raise or take care of the children properly. Foster parents that are horrible human beings. You've heard those stories. 
you hear those stories, think about the 1,000 foster parents who are decent, honorable, sacrificial people. Well, both of them are paid. Both of them are paid. How do you decide who's who's supposed to be get paid more? How, how do you decide who's the decent one? I don't know the answer to that. It's, I don't understand the system. But I do know that of all the real bad guys out there that stand out and make big, bad decisions and hurt children, there's hundreds, if not thousands, for every one of them that are decent people, just like in law enforcement. Right. Uh, listen, people say, oh, I can imagine a lot of things. In my 10-year, 7-month, and 3-day career, I never, ever saw a handcuffed prisoner uh, get hit or, or punched or, or anything like that. Never. I've seen him wrestle to the ground when they tried to run or kick. I've seen him, you know, tackled, those kinds of things. But, but punched or, or kicked or abused while their hands... No, never. Never saw it. Does it... Does that mean it never happens? Well, no, I'm, I'm sure it happens somewhere. I've never seen a policeman steal anything, anytime. Lots of money there, drug money, all that. Never. I've never seen a, a policeman, you know what we say, pinch dope or steal a little bit of dope, drugs, cocaine. Never seen it. Does it mean it never happens somewhere in the United States? Of course it could happen. But my point is... You, go, you don't tarnish all law enforcement. You don't tarnish all foster parents. So if that same argument applies, how do you not tarnish the clowns that vote only Democrat because they hate Republicans? How do you not tarnish them? It's not rhetorical. You have, a, you have the answer. Send me an email, Arif at TFSWealth.com. That's Arif, A-R-I-F at tfswealth.com. Why do I want to hear from you? Because of this reason. Because it is a time of hope in many areas in life. Now, if you don't have hope in your faith, uh, then I pray you have hope somewhere. Right? Having Just because your faith and my faith are, are just as deep It isn't the depth of our faith. It's the place in which we have our faith. In whom do we have our faith? So you tell me how we are going to fix this mess. Because I have realized it cannot, it will not, there is no way to clean it up, to fix it. By speaking loud and slow German to a Chinese person or Portuguese to a, uh, oh, I don't know, an Indian person, right? You can't do it. It's two different languages. You can be clear. You can be loud. I love it when you enunciate, right? Have you ever seen that? I'm sorry, I don't speak English. Okay, then I will speak loud and slow. That is what happens when you try to explain to a Democrat why it makes sense that you don't have to like the president of the United States, but he can still do amazing things for the country. And Middle East peace is important. Or going over and confronting Kim Jong-un, whatever his name is, 
Right? You go there and you confront him. Why? Because you understand when you stand next to him, he's a short, chubby guy. And the president of the United States looks young and vibrant and tall. The psychological impact across the Asian communities is something that is understood. Now, what does the left say? Well, Trump doesn't even understand how to spell Asian. (laughs) Okay, I get it. You don't like him. Move on to logic now. President Trump was very clear. He hired the people that he thought were smart. And if you didn't do your job, or if you disappointed him in your, your performance, he fired you. You see, the left was very much about, oh, look, at he went through 16 people. Here's a list, and they do some drama picture on the wall. You know, here's a looks like a high school yearbook, all these pictures and what they did and their jobs and how professional they looked. And, oh, and he fired all these people. If you don't do your job, you are fired. Do you think President Biden fires people when they don't do their job? Mayorkas? Border? Kamala Harris? Do you think he has not sent Kamala Harris, oh, or should have sent her packing? Like, love you, but time for you to go. You need to step down or we are going to start something very ugly that doesn't end well. Right? Just like President Biden. You, you understand when <laughs> when all of a sudden this, classi- uh, this uh, classified material popped up, who is it that's circling the wagons? Who is it that's going after President Biden the most? Well, you certainly get the few, you know, the conservative uh, predictables. Uh, Yeah, you get those. You know, the Sean Hannity's and you you get those. I get it. But what's pretty amazing is you start to see the Democrats come out for him, going after him. I, I think it's hilarious. Because when you see this happen, you understand they're not doing it because they think the, uh, United States is in bad in bad shape with the Biden presidency. You see in encouraging it for their own personal political gain. So what does that have to do with you paying $12 for a dozen eggs? You see, they don't care about you. So if you try to sit down and do the explanation, you speak loud and slow, you speak Chinese to a Portuguese... And you're trying very clearly to explain to a politician, whatever, a career politician. And you, you make it clear to them, do you understand this, this bill where you're going to pay $4 million to the university of whatever to watch a shrimp on a treadmill? True story. Or you're going to pay millions of dollars to watch the mating habits of caterpillars? True story. Or millions and millions of dollars to damage and hurt dogs and cats in some obscene medical experiment so that Anthony Fauci and his crew can participate through the NIH and other institutes and other labs. You know, you you can't make this up. I'd say there is a few heroes that speak the language that get it, that that get in and mix it up, politically speaking. I'll tell you, over the last couple of years, Ron Paul has kind of stood out as a hero to me. Everything he says and does, of course not. I even have to say that, but you guys email me. I love it. Thank you. Well, Eric, did you hear what he said in the summer of 1994? 
Uh, the way he, did you see, hear what he My job, judge your actions. My job is to make sure that what you do to people does not hurt people, financially speaking. I, I don't like that. And when, Ron, uh, when uh, Rand Paul stood up in front of Fauci, you saw how he kept asking those questions. This was, you know, months ago, right? Asking those questions, asking those questions. You ask yourself this. He must know something. And anybody, any detective, any police officer, after six months on the job, any investigator, federal, state, local, it doesn't matter, would have sat there, prosecuting attorney, defense attorney, divorce lawyer, car accident lawyer, it doesn't matter. You would have sat there, watched Rand Paul, question Fauci and go, huh, I actually think he knows something. Because he asks a question, then he backs up and he asks it a different way. Then he backs up and he goes down this road. And then he goes down this road a little bit longer. Then he backs up and backs up and goes down this road. You see, when somebody asks asks questions that way, do you realize that when they do that, they know something they're not telling you? They know something more to the story, and they're trying to get you on the record of saying, well, I'll tell you what. If you are that sneaky, that bad, we're going to let you, as they say, we're going to get enough rope to hang yourself. That's a big deal, because you and your family have to sit around and say, who am I going to believe? Because I don't always understand everybody. Right? I can talk in big, bad financial language. That's what I do. It's what my expertise is in. But I, I'm not going to do that because I want more than five other financial people to listen to the show. Right? There's always financial people listening. That's what I did when I was a new person, learning, listen to other shows, figuring out what's going on. I can communicate to them in shorthand and jargon. But who communicates to you? I bring this up because I think you're running into a problem. We are running into a problem. How do you keep having a problem with energy prices eating up retirees' spending money? Right now, retirees have record number of credit card debt that they never had before. Do you realize that? Never before. Now they have this record number of credit card debt, and they're trying to ask themselves, what am I going to do to get out of it? It's already been years. I can't go back to my job. They don't know me. They don't like me. Right? I mean, I don't have a boss that's my friend anymore. The whole system has changed. Right? How many times have you gone back to work to go visit your friends? Oh, wait, you've changed computer systems? Oh, yes, I have. Oh, interesting. So do you know today that computer system is no longer the... The same one that you used 14 years ago or six years ago. Why do you think seniors of great historic accomplishments work at low skilled and certainly low training? I don't know the right word. Low pay for sure. Jobs. Right. Fast food, department store. Right. Not because they're bad. But it's simple. It's because. They didn't keep up with the skills. And so when times came, you know, came tough, well, they got to work. Heaven forbid 
they try to protect and care for their family, right? People, people are, are embarrassed. So they don't tell others that that's what they're doing for a living. Or they come into my office and I say, so what do you do? Well, I'm a retired engineer. Oh, that's great. And then I start asking about your income and what do you do? And come to find out you work part-time over there at the, the yarn store, part-time over there at the hobby store. And I think, oh, that's wonderful because you have purpose. You're getting up in the morning. You're doing things. I like that. But what I don't like is that you're ashamed or embarrassed to say that you're actually working for your money, right? Go back to the illegal immigrants that are here. You, you realize they should not be working, not because they're bad or evil people, but the United States is not in a position to welcome that many financial migrants. You see, they are not the same that came when the, when the turn of the last century Right, the turn of the last century came along, and what did you get? You had a lot of skilled workers, blacksmiths, jewelry makers. You had a lot of uh, tailors, carpenters. In fact, they would come over, but with no clothes, only their tools, because they were allowed one bag on the ship, and they brought their tools. That is not the same people that come today with zero skills, except using their hands to pick fruit and vegetables. Not my words, the words of the migrants. That's why they're here, to pick our... um, Come on, really? They're better than that. Stay with me as we continue with your place for news, talk, and information. This is the Total Financial Hour, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Stay with me. We'll be right back. help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Hey folks, welcome back to the show, the Total Financial Hour. I'm Arif Halaby. Glad to have you as part of the show. Total Financial Solutions. Your place for news, talk, and information. What I really like about uh, this part of the show is that it makes it interesting because all we do is talk about your family's finances, your position, your needs, but through one lens, really, and that is your emails. Your questions, your answers, your problems. How do I solve them? What do I do? What do I recommend? Uh, Listen, I'm not perfect. I'm not going to give you the best answer when it comes to limited information. Nobody can. Right, give three questions, solve three uh, three uh, problems, if you will, and then in the end, what happens is something very simple. You're going to get a very, very basic answer. So I try not to do that. I want to get as specific as I can, because to me that makes all the difference in the world. To me, it makes a huge difference to be able to get as specific as possible. And so, in order to do that, I'm going to read the email. Directly from, in this case, uh, let me get you their name. And direct, directly from, I'll give it to you. Uh, Joseph and Jennifer, Joe and Jennifer. So I have Joe and Jennifer's email, and then I also have an email directly from Pat. Important, right? Because these are people that make a difference when it comes to their families' lives, right? People that count on them. 
So how are we going to make sure that these people that you count on and that count on you are taken care of? Well, you send me the email or you come into my office. You can give me a call. Maybe I can help. Sometimes we do a Zoom meeting. I did a few of those this week. Sometimes, like twice this week, I tell you, you have a pretty good plan. I wouldn't change anything because I want you to reach out to me for your second opinion. a second opinion. If it's a real serious issue, if a doctor tells you you have cancer, you got? Or do you say, hey, doctor, I'd like a second opinion. I want to see if something was missed. I think you're an amazing physician, but maybe something was missed. I want help, but I want to first make sure what the problem is and how to solve that problem. Okay? So those things, that's part of it. That's part of what I do. When it comes to Pat, I go, hey, how, how can we solve this problem? So let me give this to you. I'm going to let you fill in your own mind as to why or, or as to uh, who you might think is Pat's employer. All right. I'm not going to tell you who his employer is, but I'm going to give you some clues. Why? Because I'm going to kind of talk bad. <laughs> I'm going to kind of talk bad about his employer. And I want, I don't want, uh, listen, not every person or every uh, company, right, is bad. Do I have to share this with you? Do I have to be adults in the room and say, you can have a bad experience on that airline, right? I had a very bad experience on Delta Airlines. I really, really dislike Delta Airlines, but do I still fly them? Yes, sometimes I have to. And is there sometimes amazing people that work for Delta? Absolutely but did I still have a miserable experience where they stole a first-class ticket that I saved my a long time to, to buy, and they ended up putting me in a middle seat because the pilot decided to leave early, and my connection from, oh, yes, another Delta airline flight was late. And so I ran to the gate, knowing I still had 30 minutes, but I thought, just in case. And they said, we were all here, so we closed the gate. I go, you guys knew. You knew because it said Arif was coming from city to this city and changing planes. And you gave away my seat. And not only did you give away my seat, but you made me go on a flight the next day and sit in the middle seat between two other people. No problem. Give me my money back. Oh, you won't. What? It was your fault that we were late. Oh, no, it was the weather. Okay. So you blame the weather, but then the pilot's decision to leave early. What was that all about? So you can tell the depth of bitterness has gone. (laughs) You, You can tell. But I still love the airline. On occasion, I'll fly it. Or at least I love the people. I guess you can't love an airline. I love the people, most of them. And I'm sure the gate agent that day the, 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 you know, had a rough day with a lot of other people because I know that she took it out on me, and I'm okay with that. That means other people didn't get her wrath, and I'm the martyr for the week. I'll take that deal, right? Sometimes that's my, my gift to humanity is to be your martyr. So then why is it when it comes to somebody, or, or in this particular case, the employer, uh, that I think is, a, is from, from a financial standpoint, okay, I'm not a, a customer of this particular place, but uh, from a financial standpoint, I see their employees all the time. And you can count on one hand out of probably 30 employees I have seen, maybe 40 or 50 employees, I guess, it's been a long time. And one hand of the, and have a finger or two left over of, of the employees that thought that their employer was decent. 
Okay? I'll leave it at that. So Pat writes this to me. Dear Arif, when I retired in 2020, basically forced to retire, I had a pension with one of the largest hospital chains in Southern California. Clue, clue, clue. I am currently 61 years old and I'm in great health. I also had a 401k plan. I combined the two of them, the pension and the 401k plan, into what is now an IRA, my individual retirement account. I have never been married and I do not have any children. I do have two nieces that I treat like my own. They are now both married and have a great life. I would like to make them the beneficiary of these accounts. How, uh, uh, yes, and I would like to set up a plan for their retirement and their children's college fund. All of this after I die, of course. My total retirement account is $1.3 million. I do withdraw $2,000 a month to live on for extra expenses. But I do work part-time earning around $5,500 a month. I can live the way I want to live and be very comfortable at 6500 a month. Okay, stay with me. I'm throwing a lot of numbers out here. Social Security is around 2800 by the age of 63. He has one more year before he turns 63. I turn 62 in a few weeks. Okay, so one more year. Is it possible? Okay, here's the questions. I'm going to give you the, the questions and then how I solve it here. Is it possible to live on the money that I have and have my income grow a bit each year over time to keep up with inflation? And do I have enough money to make sure I can leave something for the girls? And this is from Pat. All right. So here's the problem to solve, right? The problem to solve is a couple. One of those, and it's very simple, is... He had a pension with that employer and is pretty ticked off, and I don't blame him. And the pension he had with the employer was very simple. It said, as the employer, we will care for you, we will take care of you, and on and on for the rest of your life, but you will give up, I don't know his exact numbers, he didn't include them, he just put them all together, but let's say it's around $800,000. You give up $800,000, we'll give you $6,500 a month, but forever. So for a lot of people, that's a good deal. They say, I take that deal. All right. So in his case, that employer said, well, we'll give you 6,500 a month, for example, but, but he gave it up. He said, no, no, no. You keep your monthly payment. Give me that big chunk of money. And in return, well, I'll never see you again. Thanks. Have a nice day. All right. Here's why it matters, guys. Because each year withdrawing $24,000 from his account, and remember, it's taxable to you, Pat, so don't forget that. You're going to pull out $24,000. you are not going to put $24,000 in your pocket. Okay, it's a short-term, I want some money to be in a short-term immediate income. So to deliver that $24,000 a month, uh, sorry, $24,000 per year, five years, it's $120,000. Now, why would I go five years? Well, because he's he's 62, we'll call him, because he's almost 62. Five years takes him to the full retirement age. That means at age 67, Pat can now work unlimited 
and not have his social security check garnished, backed off, with, uh, you know, withheld, nothing. Because prior to that, if you are 64 years old, 62 years old, and you're pulling money from your social security, you can't make more than about 21000 a year. It changes a little bit each year. I think it's like 21000 but right in there. If you do, they start withdrawing, taking, withholding some of your social security check. So sometimes it doesn't make sense to keep working. People don't understand. Why would a country punish people for working? They do all the time. What they should do is reward you. Why? Because you are older, you are collecting social security, and you are taking a paycheck. Good for you. Why is that important? Because you're putting money right back into social security. Money you're never going to see, by the way. I, I want you to know that. Right? You're 65 years old, 69 years old. You're still working, putting money into the social security system. You're not going to live to 130 years old. That money's gone, gone forever. So it's good for social security. It's good for the government to have you work, put money in that you're never going to touch. You're never going to see it. You're not going to live that long. Now, when you're 30 years old, yes, you're going to see that money. So we should have seniors working and putting money into Social Security with unlimited uh, amounts that they can earn. It's, it's the dumbest thing. So here's what happens. Pat's in a situation where he has $1.3 million. I would break that into three different buckets. Number one, I want some money to go into an account that's going to give you $24,000 a year for the next five years. That's about $120,000. With a little bit of interest each and every year added, we can raise it up every couple of years, so you can actually take out more than $2,000 a month, and you'll live a nice, comfortable five years. But what about the rest of the money? Well, I want about $150,000 to go into an indexed universal life insurance policy. Why? Because I can have that $150,000 be worth right around two hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars in death benefit for the girls. Because wouldn't it be nice to leave tax-free money to your nieces and their kids? Wouldn't that be amazing, right? Here is a chunk of money. Oh, and by the way, you don't have to pay taxes on it. You leave them your retirement accounts, and I don't care who they are, sister, brother, mother, cousin... Anybody who receives your retirement accounts, unless they're a charity, has to pay taxes on that money. So we got to fix that. I, I don't want you to pay tax. I don't want them to have to pay taxes on the money. So we, we can pull out $150,000. And yes, that's a taxable event. So we're going to take it out a little bit over time. We're going to use it to buy an index universal life insurance. It'll give you long-term care insurance. So you can actually hire your nieces, your nephews, your great nieces to come care for you if you want, and you can pay them. Okay, so it's about one and a half to two times what you put in. So if you put in 150000 you might get two hundred and fifty to $300,000 worth of coverage. And this is the other part that's pretty important. What if we delayed your Social Security, not till age 67, but three more years, till 70? If you did that, it's going to grow at 8% a year. 8% a year. That's going to be 4400 4500 more than double what you thought it was going to be at 62. 
And that extra $1,000, $2,000 a month is free money. And that is not something you can leave to your nieces and to their your, your nieces' kids. So if we preserve the money that they are allowed to inherit and we take all the money in the Social Security, then you can end up with a very nice position because the moment you pass away, you're not married, Social Security is gone. doesn't matter how much money you put into it. It's gone, gone forever. Right? In, in exchange, you don't outlive it. Okay, maybe you think that's a good deal. But because you're putting into the Social Security system, I want you to take the money out. The money that you have in your retirement accounts, because these are like accounts, by the way, pension money, traditional IRA, it's the same taxation. You can combine those into one. And that's what I would do. I'd combine them into one. And by doing that, you now have a really cool account that we can use. I probably separate it into two or three, as I mentioned, but it's the same taxation of the account. The last one I would have would be the long term, far away. Push that out for 10, 15, 20 years. If you live too long, I need a backup plan of income for you to help with long-term care in addition to the life insurance. I need it to help with the raising uh, and the rising costs. We could be in a hyperinflationary place for not just one or two years, but for a decade. Right? Ask Venezuela. Ask Lebanon. Ask Brazil. Ask Argentina. Uh, you know, pre-World War II Germany, where, where a wheelbarrow full of dollars or, or Deutschmarks or what bought a loaf of bread. People today in Venezuela still pay their meal at the beginning because it costs more by the time they are done. That's how quickly inflation is going. So I don't want you to be somebody who guesses wrong And then suddenly hyperinflation comes and you're now 62, 63 years old, but now you're 82, 83 years old, lived a healthy life, lived a strong life. Good news. You're going to live. You're, You're comfortable. You're strong. Oh, but bad news is your money is worth half of what it was just 20 years ago. We need to protect that. And so we have that ability. So I would leave some of it, take some of it for a long-term account, maybe three, four, five hundred thousand. Send it off to the future, let it double, maybe double again before you need it. Right, that's important. And to to give the comfort level for all of these things, right? To the package, the bow, to tie it all up and put it nicely. What do you do? You need a revocable living trust. A revocable living trust. The reason for that is this, Pat, you are in a position to have a real, to have real estate. You are leaving it to somebody that is not a joint owner, right? Simple. It's going to be nieces. It's going to be their children. Who knows? Maybe their children's children by the time you pass away and ready to leave it to them. If you do not have, and it's in, and it's in the state of California. If you do not have a revocable living trust, then you will be forced into a probate. Probate is where, well, you're not going to like this, where a judge and a trustee, it's a professional uh, government employee, well, let's call them independent contractor. Their job is very simple. 
It's to find a way to manage and distribute your assets in an honorable way. But for that, they get paid a very high amount of money. And they will get paid a lot of money. With your house and your estate, based on all the other information that you gave me, oh, it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of about one hundred and fifty to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars that you will have to pay a judge and a trustee if you do not have a living trust. Yeah, that's right. All you need is a piece of land in the state of California, and you should have a living trust. If you rent, and all of your accounts are beneficiary-driven, guys. So that means you have life insurance, annuities, long-term care. You have uh, 401ks and IRAs. You have bank accounts at the credit union or the bank, and you put something called a transfer on death or a TOD provision on it. Okay? But you rent. And you don't have anything that's outstanding, oils or gas leases or income coming from uh, convertible notes or, you know, nothing fancy, sexy, just simple enough. Then you don't even need a trust. Not for the property anyway, maybe for your long-term care provisions, who's going to care for you, maybe for your health care directive, maybe to have a will, right? Who's going to get the golf clubs, uh, who's going to get your car, But as far as a huge probate where the real estate and the property, no, it doesn't go through there because you don't have it. You have one $5,000 lot in Mojave or a condo in Whittier, and you're going to need a revocable living trust. Okay, so you have to do this, guys. And Pat, in your position... You may not want the minors to inherit all of it. Maybe you want to pay for their college, but what if you pass away when they're 15 or 14 or 16? Right? They're not smart enough to handle money. They're just kids. So you can't make them the direct beneficiary. Well, one, because they're a minor, so that means their parents will make the decisions. But two, you got to make sure you're not going to give them, you know, two steps closer to failure. Right? Because it's just like, giving a loaded gun to a toddler, right? It's no different than giving a 16-year-old a million dollars or half a million dollars or giving the 16-year-old a Ferrari when they just got their driver's license. Yeah, 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 that, yep, that, that's your picture. That uh, Mrs. Jones, she signed off on it. I got gotcha. you. So go ahead, get in behind the car and drive. Right? There's a different power between a Prius and a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or a, or a you know, Porsche. Uh, you understand that? I get it. It's a car, but a car is not a car is not a car. You'll crash very quickly if you drive the C8 Corvette, if you just got your license. So you might say, well, Mary Smith has a job. Or Suzu Q has a job, yeah, but she makes $100 every two weeks. You're giving her $100,000. It's not even understandable emotionally to somebody like her. Right? She breaks down. It, it just, it, it's, there's no way for that to work. So I just need you to understand that, okay? All right, we're going to continue after the break here in just a second, but I want to share a story with you real quick. I had a client who came in, and her employer is an incredible person. He told her and many other employees that were there when he took over the company many years ago 
He said, if you stay with me and help me navigate the new ownership of this company, if you stay with me and help me make this a success, and I'm going to create a 401k plan, a retirement plan here, and you are allowed to take some of your pay and put it back into company stock. And that means you trust me to do the right thing with it. And if you do, if you trust me to do the right thing with it, if you trust me and continue to add money to this and you're buying shares, buying shares, then if you stay with me for at least 15 years, I will make you a millionaire. Now, there was probably 45 people that worked at that company at that time when he took over. How many do you think took him up on it? How many of you said, I'm going to put my money where your mouth is? How many? Seven. Now, five of them became clients. Of those five, the lowest amount was somebody that earned $36,000 a year. That was the most she made her entire career there. 36000 She came to me with $2.2 million in her retirement account. In her mid-50s. That was the lowest of everybody else there. I want to share that with you because I think there are still decent human beings out there. Now, that person became a billionaire. Oh, yeah, a multi-billionaire, big guy, fancy, fancy. Everybody, oh, you arrogant. Oh, you, you, you greedy man. And he doesn't, but for one minute... Never have I heard him in any public or private, because he's a public person. Never have I heard him brag about what he did for the employee, for the people that trusted him, for the people that worked hard and put in the time and the risk. Never did he come along and say, oh, guys, look at what I did for those people. Look at me. He didn't. And the far left progressive Nazi communist, I don't care. You can whatever, whatever four-letter word you want to throw at them these days. But the socialists, they not one time did they ever give this man a, an award for being a decent guy. So, is there hope? Absolutely there is. All right, guys, stay with me after the break. I have another email. This is Joe and Jennifer coming up after the break. Their email may be your story when we come back on the Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is the Total Financial Hour on AM870. The answer, 888-99-RETIRE. Stay with me. We'll help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arab has a Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arab Halaby. I appreciate it. Appreciate all that you do and, and for being a part of the show. Listen, your ability to get involved and make a difference, I, I try to make it clear that there are ways to make a difference. There are ways to get involved. When we talk about that, and, and me and other professionals talk about uh, in this world where we're very you know, angry or fed up or, or upset about the whole system, we talk about it in, in a way which means 
you have to get involved because if you don't get involved, you know what? Fine. Go start your own radio show. There, there's other ways to get involved. You don't have to go and sign up and stand up and, and be involved in the day-to-day running of a school board or water board. But if you don't, you don't get to complain. You better start figuring out what part of the the, the wheel you want to be uh, the cog. Right? Do you want to be the cog of the wheel in the front and the back? Do you want to just sit there? Because you can't complain anymore. Because you were given a chance to make a difference. And that is where I'm coming from. I want you to make a difference. I want you to be somebody who gets out there and runs for these school boards and the water boards. Because if you don't, nobody else cares about you. Did you know that? I know that's shocking. I know that it's going to hurt your feelings. And maybe you might even get sad. Okay. That's important. But after that, then what? Somebody better sit you around and ask you or tell you that since nobody cares about you, oh, by the way, there's a hundred things you can do to still protect you and your family. And since nobody cares about you, there's still a hundred things you can do to sit down and build, if you will, the, uh, the, the financial success for the next generation. Because you have to. If you don't do that, you will not be given a chance. And the chance that you're not given is to see the next generation grow, to see your kids, your grandkids excel. And that's important because this is all fixable. Now, every year that passes, every trillion dollars in debt that passes, right, the abuse... Right, You can fault President Trump for a lot of things. You've heard me say it. I think him pushing the vaccine was a mistake. I think him pushing the lockdowns for sure was a mistake. For sure. I mean, we know it. It's over. That, that debate is done. I know that we're seeing men and women, athletes, that are relatively fit specimens of human beings, athletically speaking, Dying on the football field, the basketball field, the wrestling field, the tennis match uh, court, right? The volleyball court. What are we seeing? Has anybody thought to themselves, huh, that, that, that something's wrong? I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure if it's vaccine related or if it's COVID related. Maybe it was COVID that, that did something to their body and they didn't get vaccinated. I don't know. But I do know that you sitting at home eating a big bowl of popcorn and watching the the fight, if you will, between the left and the right and the school board uh, with the crazy trans uh, drag queen shows and then everybody else in the audience screaming and yelling, who's going to protect my kids? Why are you grooming my child? And you're sitting there as if you were in the, the peanut gallery taking bets. I want you to go down there to the, to the school board. I want you to go down to the water board and ask them some simple questions. Hold them to account because they're cowards in the light. You know that. That's why they run off the stage. That's why they run off the little podiums. They won't let you speak. Why? It's very simple. Because you're bringing light to their dishonesty. Right? Ask the school board members. Uh, sorry, the water board members. Excuse me, I, I got a question. There was a lot of rain this last you know, couple, three weeks here in Southern California. Lots of rain. 
Can you explain to me why we let trillions of gallons of water wash away when you're telling me we have a drought and that small children and, and old people and we're going to have problems and, uh, you know, we have to take less showers and our green grass has to not be green anymore and we have to pull out the trees and plant the fake grass that is really uh, ridiculous looking. I'm, I'm sorry. You could be my greatest fan. I love you. But I think your grass that is fake is ridiculous looking. It's just ridiculous. Somebody told you it was a good idea, so you did it. That's okay. I'll be the guy that tells you when your zipper's undone, when you got food in your teeth, when your hair's messed up, when you got toilet paper stuck to your foot, and when you have that silly, fake grass in the front lawn. Uh, you can say, I like silly, fake grass. I'm going to say, all right, have a nice day. You can have a nice day. I'll have a nice day. But <laughs> somehow, through government subsidies... Will you take a dollar? Who'll take a dollar to put silly white grass, uh, green grass? Nope, nope, no. Nope. Okay. Five dollars, fifty dollars, sold. I'll put that silliness. Give me the tax credit. It'll go in my front lawn. I, I don't know. Have you been on it when it's been hot? Have you felt it? Try to stand on it. Stand on grass when it's hot in the middle of the summer, and then try to stand on the plastic. It, it, it burns your feet. I'm sorry. Try to put your pet, your loving dog. I'd never let my dog stand on that stuff. In the summer, they burn their feet. They don't burn their feet on grass. Anyway, I guess I'm an animal lover and an aesthetic lover <laughs> to what it's like. All right. My venting on your grass is uh, is up. It's like fake plants, right? You've heard me say I don't have fake trees in my office. The fake bushes, you know, the, the, the... no, thank you. And you know who it was? I'll tell you who it was that actually shared it with me. I have, I had a client advisory board. And the client sat around, and I said to them, hey, can you tell me, um, you know, I'd like to make our office better. I want to make our customer service better. You guys matter to me. You're my customers. What am I doing wrong? What can I do better? What are we doing good that I can tell my staff? Good job, guys and gals. Uh, you know, can you give me a list of things? So I gave them their assignment. They came to dinner. Uh, we all sat around the table and started talking about things that we could do differently or better. And then basically anonymous, uh, un- unanimously, they came to me and said, Arif, you have two different plastic plants in your office. And I'm embarrassed now talking about it because it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, the plastic plants in your office, I, I prefer, this is what they said, I prefer you have no plants than the fake plants. And I thought I was doing a good thing. Had you asked me 10 minutes earlier, I'd have said, oh my gosh, fake plants are good. It's green. It makes it look like it. We're pretending like, see, I can hug a tree. Well, guess what we did the very next week? (laughs) We took those out, and we have a service that comes, and they take care of our our fresh flowers. We get fresh flowers every week. And we do that for you because our clients said it. We think it matters, and so that's why we did it. So I put my my money where my mouth is when it comes to the fakeness. All right, here's another email. This is Joe and Jennifer. Uh, An important email from Joe and Jennifer, and the reason it's important is because of this. Our military men and women that serve have certain benefits that they're eligible for when they get older and the benefits that they are eligible for can transfer to the spouse as well. And I want you to know that because only around three out of 10 of those veterans that are eligible for these benefits ever actually go out and apply for them. That's a huge change. That means 7 out of 10 
have a benefit that they're eligible for, they qualified for, and they're not using. So I don't like that. I think if our men and women serve and they deserve something, they earned it, we should give it to them. All right. So keep that in mind as I read uh, an email from Joe and Jennifer. Dear Arif, my wife and I are in our mid-60s and both have retired from government jobs. I served 10 years in the military and retired with an honorable discharge. Sounds like he was probably injured. Um, All right. So my wife worked at the county and I worked for the city. I know that we both will receive our pensions for our lifetime. And we would like to make sure that we don't have to worry about long-term care health issues. A friend of mine of many years was diagnosed with Parkinson's at the age of 57. He is now 60 years old, and I can already see the financial burden that he and his wife are feeling. When my wife and I both left our jobs, I rolled my 457. It's a deferred compensation plan. Uh, I, I rolled my 457 deferred compensation plan into an IRA. She left hers at her current at her uh, previous job. Can we combine these two plans into one? She still has about $220,000 in her plan, and I have $380,000 in my plan. We took them both out of the market when Joe Biden was sworn in as president. So right now they are earning about 2%, but at least we have not lost anything over the last year. I would like to earn more interest and buy long-term care insurance for each of us. Our income is currently $4,600 a month for me and $3,500 a month for her. We each receive half of the others if one of us dies first. Today, it's $8,100 a month, and that is more than enough for us to live on each month because our home is paid off, and our vacation home in Big Bear is also paid off. We do have two rental properties that we inherited from her parents. That brings in an additional $4,100 a month. I think we should focus on a policy that protects our savings and real estate so that our kids could have an inheritance, especially Jen's parents' houses. Since we inherited them, we want to pass those on, those two on to our two kids as well. That's Joe and Jennifer. Okay, quick summary. He was in the military for 10 years. He retired with an honorable discharge. Uh, that's important you know that because whether or not he retired, he received an honorable discharge. That's needed for all veteran VA benefits. Okay? Less than honorable, dishonorable, you don't get most of the VA benefits. Important you know that because that it's a, it's a problem, right? An 18, 19-year-old kid can make a mistake and mess up, and then the rest of his life is a decent life, an honorable life, a life of service even. And yet is never eligible for the benefits that he or she may have been uh, deserving of at one point. So so it goes to show you consequences, guys. It, it lasts forever. Okay. The other part that's important is his question is, can we merge our two retirement accounts together? You cannot. Even after you leave your job, they are still subject to one social security number. So all retirement accounts have to have one owner, even if you're married, even in California. Now, the spouse is the beneficiary, so one is on top, one is on the the bottom, owner, beneficiary, owner, beneficiary. That's fine. 
What you can't have and you, you're not eligible or allowed to have is joint owner side by side. Okay. Now, non-retirement accounts. Oh, I sold a house. Here's money. I have 20000 in my bank. Here's some money. Those accounts can be joined. Both of you are side by side. Both of you are as owners. But, you, but when it comes to retirement accounts, the I in an IRA stands for individual. Okay. Person's social security number, birth date, and a death date. All right. Here's the other part. They are good with their money. They have rental properties. They have a mountain home. They have their own main home. But his big concern is long-term care insurance. Now, the Secure Plus 2 Act took the required minimum distribution and moved that out to age 73. It used to be 70 and a half, and then it moved to age 72. Now it's age 73. Okay? So the required minimum distributions when you have to start distributing the funds is age 73. So what would I want him to do? You guys said you're in good health. Joe, I'd probably have you guys buy buy a same thing as the previous, meaning it's an indexed universal life insurance with the emphasis for long-term care. Meaning the goal of this account is to give you long-term care insurance at least what's called critical chronic illness, which is by by and large all the same thing. It's it's the in effect a long term care benefit because traditional long term care policies insurance is a use it or lose it. You pay all this insurance. If you get hit by a bus, sorry, you didn't need long term care. You don't get anything. All right. So this is a better plan. It's a different plan. It, it avoids that concern. So if you buy an index universal life insurance policy, manage it properly, have it purchased properly, give us a call. We'll help you with it. Triple uh, eight. That's nine eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. So triple eight ninety nine retire. Okay. I want you to do this. Consider the rental income that's coming in. That's separated from the rest of your income. It's more than enough for you to live on. That forty one hundred a month. What if you took two thousand dollars a month each, you and your wife, and you put it into your own index universal life policy? That means you're using the the rental properties to give your kids, if you don't need it for long term care, your kids are the beneficiaries of your life insurance policies. So not only do your children inherit the homes tax free. Life insurance policies, tax-free. You can leave your kids millions of dollars tax-free. You see, what the poor mindset does is they take their retirement accounts and they leave it to their children. Now, if that's the only thing you have, well, of course, you want to leave it to your kids. But if you have a choice, right, I'm going to have a life insurance policy that goes to my children. My retirement account will go to my church or charity organization, that nonprofit gets all of it. There's no taxes on the money that goes to the nonprofit. There's no taxes that go to your church or your charity. If you have a million dollars in your retirement account, guess what they get? A million dollars. If you give a million dollars to your children, guess what they get? About five or 600000 See the difference? Right now, you're in partnership with the government. That's why I want you to spend your money on you. I'd like you to buy a life insurance policy if it means that the goal is long-term care because you can receive the benefit from it. 
You don't have to die to get the life insurance. That's why it's called an indexed universal life insurance policy. It has the features, the long-term care type features in it. Now, if you are healthy and you don't need long-term care and you didn't die, the cash value, the money on the inside of that plan can be taken out and spent by you. So you can live and spend it if you're healthy. If you live and you're unhealthy and you need it, you can spend it. If you pass away, your family gets to use it. So it isn't gone in any case, in any scenario. It always goes to somebody. The rental property is inherited by your beneficiary tax-free. That includes your, your primary. Okay, your primary one is a big deal. But what was the thing that I covered at the beginning of the the segment, right? The beginning of the half an hour was this. Military men and women are not accepting or even applying for benefits that they're eligible for. Right now in the short term, Joe, you're not going to qualify because you're wealthy according to the plan the government has. But there's a way to start shedding, moving your assets to your children or grandchildren. There's a way to start moving them into certain types of trusts. So that if you are in a position and you need care, there is something called, and folks, all of you with a parent or a grandparent or a spouse that was in the military, honorable discharge, or they were married to somebody that was in the military with an honorable discharge, and they they are a widow, meaning they were married at the time when that person that served our country passed away or they're both still alive, but you might be eligible for something called an aid and attendance pension. An aid and attendance pension. What is it? It's simple. It is a plan that the government has already set aside money. It's sitting there. There's dollars there. And it is designed to care for you for long-term care. It's not going to pay for everything. It's right around $2,000 a month. But... It can bring in somebody to attend to your needs, your care. It can give you a chance to go to an in-home care service. Uh, you know, like, let's say there's a residential home and there's six beds. So you can get more one-on-one care. It might just be the difference to take you over the, the affordability of that. So there's kind of a line that the government says, you can't be super wealthy because we're not going to take it from here and give it to you. So if you need it, we're here for you. So I like the idea. There are three different pensions that military men and women who have served our nation are eligible for. One of them is a guaranteed minimum Social Security benefit. So if you served our military, came out, became a farmer, never really put into the Social Security system, but you served honorably, you're now 65 years old, there's a minimum level of pension through Social Security, that you are able to receive. I think it's about $1,200 a month. So if your Social Security is 800 you get bumped up to 1200 Again, it's not designed to change your life, but it's going to make things a little bit easier. The second pension is something called a home-bound pension. And that is very similar to the aid in attendance, but it's well, progressing a bit further, meaning you're in a position You can't leave the house and you need persons or people to come and care for you or to build out your house 
widen the bathroom, widen the hallway, put a ramp in the front, but it's designed to give you financial means to help care for parts of your needs at home. Again, it's not going to pay for everything, but it's nice. The third one is the aid and attendance pension. This one has a different requirement that I mentioned. Okay. And it is that you had to have served during a period, a period of time of military conflict or war. So there is a timeline, certain wars, conflicts, um, what do they call it? Police actions, right? Whatever they call it. You know, when you were being shot at and somebody was trying to kill you, you call that a war. You can call it anything you want. They're trying to come and get you. Well, you can call that a war. So that there is a time constraint. It has to be around these periods, the Gulf War. Uh, what is uh, another one? Uh, Grenada, right? So those kinds of events are there and they are eligible you have to be uh, somebody. Now, you didn't have to be in theater. Very important. You could have served in Vietnam uh, war era, but in but stayed in the Philippines. You could have served in Vietnam, uh, but was in uh, you know Miramar, California. So you didn't have to be in country. You just had to be in the military for a minimum of 90 days with one day being during that period of conflict. Okay? So in Joe's case... Based on his age, there's at least one that he was probably in. And I think you guys should consider this as a very important lesson. And that is that there are plenty of benefits for various things that you have done in your life that you don't even think or know it exists. I want to break down a couple of those. Men and women that serve in the military, there are a lot of benefits from VA loans for homes, from the ability to be part of certain credit unions, get discounts on car loans, house loans, student loans, going to college, being a veteran in the state of California. There's discounts for you and your children's college tuition. Potentially enough to be free, completely free, for your kids to attend college in California through the CalVet program. So those few programs I want you to look at Ask yourself, do I fit any of these needs? So I want you to go through and do a search. Go through Bing or Yahoo or Google. Go through a search and pull up what benefits are eligible for military veterans. And I think you'll be surprised. I think you'll look at it and go, whoa, wait a second. I didn't realize it was that many. Okay? Simple enough, Joe and Jennifer, I would do something very basic. It's not that difficult. First of all, make sure you have a living trust in place, a revocable living trust. Your costs, probably 3000 to 3400 a month, uh, uh, period, to, to open up the plan. 3400 3500 max. No more than that. All right? That's the number one step. Number two step, I want you to take the money that you're receiving from the, from the uh, rental properties. You're getting it anyway. You said you didn't need it. Your home is paid off. You have more than enough coming in through your pensions. You're not eligible for Social Security. Let's take that, buy a long-term care plan, an index universal life plan, an extra income strategy that can give you lifetime income later on down the road. So that's what's the part. I hope I can help. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is the Total Financial Hour, your place for news, talk, and information every week at this time. Thanks for being part of the show. AM 870, 
the answer. Life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi.